Thank you for tuning in to the latest message from Island Church, Dundalk. Ooh, church, is that, is that your passion? Is that your desire? Because that is something we are going to have to, that we're going to have to work on as the body of Christ. You know, the Lord gave us a, a verse that says that we can boldly, we can boldly come into his throne. Each and every one of us can boldly walk, boldly come into the throne of grace. See, we want mercy, we want help, we want grace to help in a time of need, but church, there's only one place you're going to get it, and that's coming into that throne room, as getting into the presence of the living God. Church, I'm telling you, hallelujah, hallelujah. We got to get to that place where we have a desire of nothing more than him. Amen, that his presence, that his word, that his spirit, that his son, amen, is something that strikes such a fire on the inside of it that we, that we, that we can't put it out, that we don't even have a desire to want to put it out, that we do everything that we can to mine that flame that's on the inside of us. Church, I'm telling you, over the years, I haven't been a Christian as long as some of these people in here, you know, but I'm, but I'm telling you, over the years that I have been a Christian, I've seen, I've seen fires go ablaze and fires come down to where they're just amber sitting there waiting, waiting for some fuel, waiting for something to get put on the fire. But I'm telling you, church, you're the one that has to put something on the fire. Hmm? You are the ones that are gonna have to tend to your own flame. Amen. God, God placed that flame on the inside of us, but we got to tend to it. We got to keep it lit. We got to keep it red hot. You know, the flame, the fire of God came down into the temple. Amen. But the priest had to keep that flame going 24 hours a day. They had to mind it. They had to mind it. They had to watch over it. The day of Pentecost the fire of God came down and engulfed every single believer. But I'm telling you, church, you're going to have to mine that flame. That fire is there. The fire, the power, this supernatural dunamis power of God that's explosive like dynamite reigns on the inside of you. But you're going to have to tend to it. We have to tend to it. We have to, we have to begin to take these things serious. We have to desire to want these things more than anything else in our life. I don't, I'm just not convinced that the church wants it. Hmm? I'm not just convinced that every single person. That is part of the body. Is in one accord. We're definitely not in one place at the moment, but we can be in one accord. Amen. Seeking, seeking the living God with everything we have. I, I mean, this is something that we, that we, that we teach to, to our children up in children's church, but I'm telling you, I think some of these things need to get, need to get poured out with a passion back amongst our, our adults. Cause I think, I think there's a fire that is, we, we can't burn wet wood. I mean, we, we need to tend. We need to, get, we need to get, out, get out of the rain, so to speak. Amen. And get back into the presence of the living God and allow him to work, allow him to do what he desires to do in our lives. Uh, allow ourselves to receive our callings and our destinies. But we got a hunger for it. And I don't even know why I got off on this, but, I, but it's just something that is, it obviously is stirring on the inside of me right now. And, I, and I'm telling you, these, these are things that we need to get back to. We need to place an importance back in the kingdom of God again. We need to come back and place importance, you know, back, in the, back, in the, back on the church, back on what Jesus has done for us, back on, on, the, on the Father, you know, the creator of the heavens and the earth and everything that dwells within it, on the spirit of God that, that desires to move amongst the church. We need to get to that place where we desire not to quench him anymore. Amen. But allow him to have freedom. Allow him to bring forth his culture within the church. Hmm. I'm telling you, God's wanting to do some amazing things. But he's going to do it through us. 
He's going to do it for the, for the ones that are hungering. He's going to do it for the ones that are believing God. He's going to do it for the ones that are pressing forward into what he has for them. The, one that, the, ones, that, the ones that want it. He, it's, see, it's already been laid out for us. See, this is the message we preach. You know, you know, God's already done what he has done that he's going to do for us. It's already been laid out for us. But we have to be the ones that go grab a hold of it. You know, we use this for healing, we use this for prosperity, we use this for, for many things, but I'm telling you, for the fire, for revival fire to start breaking loose in the church, I'm telling you, it's not, God, it's already been poured out. Is there, it's already been poured out, but is there a people that's willing to grab a hold of it and begin to allow it to influence their life, to influence their church, to influence their family, to influence their cities and their nations? Hmm. It's up to us. It's up to us, eh, church? It's up to us. Amen. Well, well let me get into to what we are ministering here today before I take y'all down a path that I don't think we're, we'll be, <laughs> be able to recover today. But, but we are dealing with the seven letters to the church that we've been on for the past couple months. And, and we are on the backside of the Church of Philadelphia. Now, now possibly we may be able to finish this church today if uh, the Holy Ghost doesn't lead us down any rabbit trails. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. But, but, uh, but uh, for, you know, since it's been a couple weeks since I've been on this, let's, let's go back and uh, we'll touch on a few, uh, few topics that we already ministered on here. In Revelations chapter 3, Amen. We're in verses 7 through 12. 7 through 12. And in, in verse 7 it says, Unto the angel of the church at Philadelphia. It goes, write these things. These things saith he that is holy, he that is true, he that has the key of David, he that it opens and no man shuts, and he that shuts and no man that opens. He says, unto the angel, unto the pastor, unto the bishop, unto the, unto the apostle, unto the overseer, unto the, unto the elder that's leading the church, he goes, write these things. He goes, write, write these things, grab a hold of these things, you know, because I got some things you need to communicate unto your church. Amen. I'm telling you guys. The Lord will speak to his leadership in, in the church. He'll speak to his, the people that he has placed in leadership to lead and guide and direct the church. I'm telling you, this isn't, this isn't like an authority trip. This, this is how God has designed the church. Amen. He's designed people that he's placed in leadership to lead and guide and direct. You say, why is that? Because he, just like in, in these letters of the church here, he, he delivers a message to them. Amen. And there's a message that they have to grab a hold of, that they have to, that they have to capture, that they have to understand. Amen. And they have to grasp what the Lord is trying to say. And then they have to effectively communicate it until the body of Christ for the body of Christ that they're leading. Why? Because see, there's different messages for different churches, just as we've seen here throughout the seven different letters. God has a different message. There's, there's different things that, that each individual church needs to improve on, things that, that we need to stop doing, things that we're doing well and we need to keep on, you know, keep on marching forward in those things. And, and God will deliver those things to the church. I'm telling you guys, we need to pray for spiritual leadership. And I'm not just talking about our church here. I'm talking about anyone that has ears to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is having to say. I'm telling you, we need to pray for the leadership of the churches. Amen. We need to pray for the leadership of the churches. Why? Because they need to effectively hear from God and be able to understand what he's saying and communicate these things unto the church. Amen. We need to be pressing in. We need to be praying for our elders, praying for our pastors, praying for spiritual leadership, our moms and dads in the faith. We need to press in for these things for, for, cause it, cause it affects us. I mean, it, it, it will affect the climate in the city that you're involved in. These are, these are important things. You say, well, pastor, you're just trying to say you want us to pray for you. Yes. I want you to pray for me. Amen. I desire that each and every one of you pray for me and pray for my wife. Amen. Why? Because prayer works. Prayer works. There's a reality to it, amen? And I desire, just like Paul saying, I, I covet the prayers of people, amen? I need direction. I need guidance. I want to make sure that I have ears to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is having to say unto me and to each and every one of you. You know, I was just on a, a prayer meeting with... Uh, 
with a load of different pastors all around the island here, you know, that we do at least once a month, sometimes a couple of times a month. And I'm telling you, it was, it's, it's, a, it's amazing, you know, what I've seen over the past several months since we've been in this lockdown, you know, I'm starting to see a fire starting to get birthed in some of these ministers that they're, that they're desiring to stand up. They're desiring to do something. They're desiring to press in. They're desiring for their churches not to, not to be shut down. They've come to this realization that, that just because you're doing things online doesn't mean you're actually reaching more people just because you get more views. Amen. But we got to have this corporate presence. We need to have this anointing. We need to have our brothers and sisters in Christ, you know, gathering together as, as we speak in these days, in these last days, not, not forsaking these things, but desiring to meet together. I'm telling you church, we need to pray for them. We need to pray for the leaders all over, all over this nation. Cause I'm telling you, you know, and this, this is a crucial time that men and women of God leaders that God has put in position. They need to hear from God. Amen. Because there's some, there's some decisions that have to be made. I'm telling you, God's been stirring some things in me that I've talked with some of the elders here at, at our church. And there, there's some things that are starting to stir up in me. Why? Because see, I'm telling you, church, I don't know how many times I got to say this, but government doesn't shut down the church. Amen. Government didn't shut down the church. Government can't shut down the church. Government will never shut down the church. You say, well, well, it sure looks like things are mean. Well, see, this is why we got to hear from the spirit of God, right? Because there, there are doors that are being opened. The spirit of God will lead us, guide us, and direct us into places where we can produce fruit, where we can reach a city, we can reach a nation. See, it, this is the way it was back in the days of when we're studying here in Rome. Amen. They were coming against the church. They were trying to destroy the church, but they didn't, they weren't backing off and just Oh, we're going to blame Caesar because we can't do what we're supposed to be doing. No, what were they doing? They were listening to the Spirit of God. And they were moving. They were directing. They were planting churches, planting home churches, doing everything that they knew how to do by the leading of the Spirit of God. And they revolutionized every place that they went. I remember there, there were people in one accord. Why? Because people were trying to kill them. They were in one accord. They came together in one place. They believed God over anything. It didn't matter what circumstances looked like. It didn't matter what was going on at their job. It didn't matter what was going on in their town. It mattered what the Spirit of God said, and they stepped out and did exactly what he asked them to do. And I'm telling you, it always produced fruit. It always produced fruit. Church, we need to be praying. We need to be praying. We need to be seeking God to see what he would have us to do in this house, what he'd have each and every one of us to do individually. I mean, we got some amazing things that we're planning on doing with the worship team out on the streets and, and ministering to people. I'm telling you, as, as things have been shut down. I'm telling you, God's opening some doors. Amen. But see, it may not look like what it's always looked like. Amen. We can't, we can't get stuck in the rut of, of how church has always been done. We can't get stuck in the rut of how this is how we've always done everything since I've been in church. Well, see, we're not going to do everything the way you've done it in church. We're going to do things the way the Holy Ghost wants to do things. Amen. Because he knows how to do the right things. He knows, he knows the doors that are, that are opened for us. He knows the ones that are slammed shut that we don't need to go through. He knows where the snares are that will entrap us. He know he knows. <laughs> Amen. And praise God, each and every one of us have this amazing spirit of the living God that raised Christ from the dead. He is reigning in our mortal bodies and he desires, I'm telling you, church, he desires. If you didn't listen to any of our series on the spirit led life, go back and listen to it and listen to it and listen to it. Because I'm telling you, the Holy Ghost desires to direct your path daily, hourly, every minute. He wants this constant communion. This is what Jesus gave his life for. So that we could be in communion, this fellowship, this constant communication, this, this constant union with the living God. We need not to forsake that. Like I was saying, oh, it's time to, to grab a hold of those things and start moving back into it. Amen. Start cherishing it. I'm telling you, if you haven't figured that out since all this is going on, man, I'm telling you, I'm thankful for the presence of the Holy Ghost. I'm telling you, we walk in this place and there may be five people, there may be 10 or 15 people, however many people we need to, 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 to take care of all this media and worship. But I'm telling you that the presence of God can be so thick in this place, you can cut it with a knife, put it in your pocket and take it home. But see, I know because I watch other things on, online that, that, that doesn't necessarily go through, you, you know, uh, over, over the internet, over, over live stream. I'm, I mean, I'm thankful we're able to do those things, but, but we need, to, we need a, you know, that corporate anointing to get out and minister unto people. Amen. Not be scared to be locked up behind doors. What am I trying to say? 
Stop blaming the governments. No, I don't agree with what they're doing. Absolutely not. But stop, stop blaming them. Stop looking for the answer. Stop blaming. Stop, like my wife said in our prayer meeting, we need to stop, we need to stop you know, concentrating on everything we can't do at the moment. And let's see what God wants to do in this moment. Let's see how, let's, let's see for, <laughs> I mean, there's some amazing things happening. In, the, in this time and age, for people that are believing God. I mean, we got, we got someone in this church that have been believing God for a job, for a permanent job, not, not some temporary thing. And I'm telling you, right in the middle of everything being shut down on level five, she got a permanent job. Why? Because that's our God. That's the way he works. He doesn't care about any of this nonsense. He cares about people that believe. Amen. That trust in him, that allow him to operate through them, that will believe God, that will confess these things and allow him to move. I mean, it's like, it's like our, our brother Jason that's coming on staff here at this church. Who in the world quits a job? Who quits a job in the middle of level five quarantine and decides to go to work for a church that doesn't have people coming to meet in it? Who does that? Who does that? People led by the spirit, they do it. Why? Because they trust God. They, they trust the leading of the Spirit of God. They're not, they're not trusting circumstances. They're not trusting government to take care of us. They're not trusting a job to take care of us. They're leaning on the Holy Ghost, leaning back in the Spirit of God. I'm telling you, church, this, this needs to be our posture. And this needs to be our posture. He says unto the angel of the church of Philadelphia, he says, these things saith he that is holy, he that is in perfection, him that no darkness can even penetrate anything that he has. He that is holy. He that is true, he that is truth. He that is genuine. He that is authentic. He that has the key of David. He that opens and no man shuts. He that shuts and no man opens. I'm telling you, I can find so much peace. I can find so much comfort in that verse that, that, that our Lord, our Jesus, he is the key holder. He holds the keys and he opens up doors. See, I'm telling you, men, women, governments, people will come and they'll try to shut doors. They'll try to harm you. They'll try to get you all trapped. They'll try to manipulate you. But I'm telling you, Jesus is the one that holds the keys. And when he opens a door, church, there ain't no one that's going to be able to shut it. You know, it reminds me of a, uh, yeah, I don't know if they had that in the schools over here, but back in the States, you know, we had a, a guy that we called a janitor that, that was kind of minded all the facilities of, of the school. And he'd walk around with a big old ring on, on his side and it had about 100 keys on it. And as he's walking, you always hear a click, click, click. Because every step he took, you know, those keys are, are hitting forth, back and forth against each other. But, you know, every, you know kids would go around there and make fun of that man or, or whatever it may be. But I'm telling you what, that man had authority that people don't recognize. Why? Because they, they look at what a uniform someone wears. Right? I'm telling you, this man had authority. Why? Because see, the principal of the school, the dean of the school, if they wanted to get in the door, you know who they had to call? The man with the key ring. They had to call the key holder. Oh, but I run the school. Yeah, but you don't have the keys. You know, the head coach, the head football coach, the one that, <laughs> that runs the schools in the U.S., you know, if he wanted to get into a place that, that was locked, who would he call? He couldn't call the principal, couldn't call a teacher, couldn't call anyone on staff. You know what he called? The key holder. You know, Jesus is our key holder. He is the one that has the, the ability to open doors for us that we can't open for ourselves. I'm telling you, church, there's no way we can, we can get into our destinies. No way we can get into our callings. There's no way we can get into anything that God has placed as a desire in our heart unless we allow Jesus to open these doors for us. He, it's his, he's the key holder. I'm telling you, that's something you can, you can put your trust in. He says, I, am, I have the key of David. He that opens, no man shuts and, and shuts and no man opens. He goes, I know your works. Behold, I have set before thee an open door that no man can shut it. For you have a little strength. You have kept my word and you have not denied my name. He goes, I know your works. I have come and I've walked amongst every single church. And I know exactly what you're doing individually. I know exactly what your church is doing. I've, I've even made notes on it. And I'm coming and I'm beginning to address your pastor about what's going on in your church, what needs to be corrected, and what's going well. I know exactly. It's not people have been praying about it. It's not the devil coming and accusing you. No, no I've showed up to your church and I'm paying attention to what's going on. And he says, I know your works. He goes, behold, this is amazing. He's saying, wow, take a look at this. 
He said, I've come, I've watched everything your church has been doing. I've been paying attention. And because of the things you're doing, I've opened up a door. I myself, Jesus has opened up a door. And I'm telling you right now, there ain't no man, there ain't no demon, there ain't no woman, there ain't no government. There is nothing from the pit of hell that will come and shut this door because I'm the one that opened it. Because I am the key holder. I am the key holder. No man can shut it. He goes, for I know you have a little strength. I know your church is small. I know you don't have a whole lot of numbers in your church. I know, I know you don't have a whole lot of this, you know, dunamis, supernatural, explosive power operating through your church like the church at Corinth has. But I'm telling you, you have a little strength. You have a little bit. And I know the works that you've been doing with it. You've kept my word. You've protected. You've guarded. You placed a garrison around my word. You've kept it. And you have not denied my name. Whoo. You've kept my word and you haven't denied my name. You know, that, that word name here, remember from review here, that's that Greek word onoma, right? And it means, it means a name. It means it can mean rank. It can mean reputation. Jesus is saying, you know, you, you kept my word. You didn't allow anyone to come and manipulate my word. You didn't allow them to take bits out that they didn't like, that they didn't agree with. You didn't allow any of those things to happen. You didn't allow the, the false prophets and apostles to come in and, and start, start teaching things that weren't accurate. You kept, you guarded my word. You guarded it. And you didn't deny my reputation. You didn't deny the things that I stand for. And because of that, I've opened up a door. Uh, you may not be as big as the rest of the churches. You may not have all the amazing things happen like some of these other churches. He goes, but I opened a door for you and you're going to be so effective. Why? Because no one's going to be able to shut it. No one is going to be able to shut this door that I have opened for you. I mean, you guys know that that faithfulness comes from promotion. Promotion comes from faithfulness. Let me say that. Let me say that the correct way. Promotion will come from your faithfulness. I people say, oh, come on, that sounds like you're getting to a bunch of works here. I'm telling you, promotion will come from your faithfulness. You want a promotion in your job? You need to be faithful. I mean, it's not, you don't need to be showing up late. You need to not be, you know, uh, you know, criticizing your boss, trying to make wars, putting, bringing strife and dissension. No, if you're faithful and, and honoring the place that God has given you to work, I'm telling you, promotion will come. Amen? Because with your faithfulness in it, promotion will come. I mean, it blows me away. I mean, I'm telling you, it absolutely blows me away sometimes with the carnal things that we have, you know, you know, Christians, especially around, around a lot of those faith people, they can get, they, we can get out of sorts, we can get in the ditch on some things and people will, will be like, man, I, you know, I, I thank you, Lord, for this car you gave me, but, but you know what, I, you know, I, I want a Rolls Royce. Yeah, I think, I think I want a Rolls Royce. Your word says I can have it. Whatsoever things I desire, I, I, want, I want a Rolls Royce, you know, but the car you have is a, is, a, is a piece of junk that you bought. You never took care of it. You don't change the oil on it. You got food all stuck in the seats. You got rubbish all throughout it because you don't care anything about it. And you think God's going to trust you with something else? God's going to trust you with something else that you're not faithful with? Oh, come on, he doesn't mind you to have nice things. I'm not saying he's going to give everyone a Rolls Royce, but I'm saying God, does, God doesn't mind you having a nice car. Amen. But, but it's hard to ask and believe God for something that you don't take care of, that you don't honor. You know, see, the same thing, same thing goes within the church on the spiritual side of things. I mean, there's so many people that want to be in the spotlight. I mean, thank God we have a great balance of that at this house. Amen. But I'm telling you, I've been in many of churches and I'm telling you, there's so, people that such, have such a desire to be in the spotlight. Oh, they'll go from church to church to church to church to church. Oh, I want to work. I'm going to be in the worship team. I mean, I can sing. I can do this. I can do that. Just let me be in the limelight, you know. Oh, you're not going to let me. Oh, I'll go to this next church over here and see if they'll let me be. And they go from church to church to church. Man, you know, I'm a preacher. I'm called to preach. I, I, I got a pastor's call in my life. I got an evangelist call in my life. I'm, I'm a teacher. God's placed that on the inside of me. I'm gonna, can, can I teach here? Can I teach here? Oh, I can't teach here. I'm going to go over here. And they, they have such a desire and a desire and desire to be at the forefront, to be in the limelight. But I'm telling you what, church, you've never seen a Hoover in their hand. You've never seen a toilet brush in their hand. You know, I'm telling you, if you can't, if you can't honor those minor things in the kingdom, what makes you think you're going to get promotion? See, there may be a call on some of these people's lives, amen, but you don't get to skip the process. You don't get to skip the process. 
You know, I didn't get to skip the process and being a CEO. I mean, you got, you got to learn the tricks of the trade. You got to learn what you're doing before you can begin to manage people. Before God can trust you with something in the kingdom of God, you need to be able to be submitted unto the kingdom of God, not just looking for the limelight. Hmm? Not just looking for the limelight. I mean, I'll I tell you what. <laughs> You know, Kimberly and I, when we moved, when we moved over here from, uh, from Galveston over here to, to Dublin, you know, we, we were desiring to, to plant a church over here and God had something else planned for us. So we came over here and we got hooked up with one of our, one of our friends. His name is Pastor John O'Hearn. I didn't know the man at the time, but he, won, he runs a, a wonderful church down in Dublin called All Nations Church. And, and we came, we, and the Lord told us when we're on a visit over here, I want you to put a pause on planting a church. I need you to go over here and help this church. I was like, well, okay. Well, we don't know these people, you know, but, but we walked in, we, got, we planted a church. We, as soon as we moved over here, we got planned and started going on, on every service they had, you know, and it's amazing. You know, we, we walked in that church, you know, and I just left a job being the CEO of of a, of, a, of a highly successful oil company. I just, we just left a ministry where, where I was a regional overseer of several different states in, in the U.S. And, and we came over here and you know, you know what we did? You know, we found to keep our hands busy while we didn't know anyone. You know, if anything we saw that was there, we started planning it. You know, we had, this church was amazing. We, we had a little tiny building in Smithfield, Dublin, and we ran two services there and about 200 people in each service. And I'm telling you, you get 200 people and kids running in and out of a service with three small toilets that you can barely, you know, move in. I'm telling you, things get a little messy. Amen. But see, we can put our hands, we can put it, we can, you know, like, you know, we don't want people coming to this place and thinking it's, it's a dirty, nasty place. We want people to come here and enjoy what they're doing. So anytime we saw something, we wipe it up, we clean it up. We, we just put our hands to work. Why? Because we're serving God. We're not, we're not trying to build a kingdom. I mean, I'm not trying, I'm not being trying to be put on the forefront. We're just trying to serve God. This is, this is how we were trained to do. Amen. And what happened? It wouldn't have been two weeks and, and God started bringing forth promotion. God started, you know, he didn't know we ended up being the associate pastors of the church there for, for a year. Or so and it was and it was amazing experience for us but i'm telling you it came from one thing we're willing to get our hands dirty amen i'm not i'm not worried about being at the spotlight amen i'd i'd assume sit in the congregation to be up here teaching the word of god amen but but this is what god's called me to do so this is what i'm doing amen but i tell you what it didn't matter if i was if i was a regional overseer in ministry if i was a ceo of a company if i'm at my home or if even if I, as a pastor of island church dundalk i'm telling you you can always find a, a toilet brush in my hand it's never it's never left why <laughs> Because I'm not too good for these things. And this, this is our family. This is the kingdom. Amen. And we need to be able to take responsibility and be faithful to the, everything that God places in our hands so he can advance us to where we can, we can learn the things that we need to learn and we can move forward in the kingdom as he has, has called us to move. Because you know, this, is, this, is this, is, this is what we've talked about here in this church and leadership. What, what does it say in Matthew, uh, Matthew chapter twenty? Verses uh, uh, 26, he says, but, men, but he goes, this shall not be so among you, among you. You're not going to lead like the Gentile leaders lead. Amen. If anyone wants to be great among you, if anyone wants to be great among you, he's going to be your minister. Amen. That Greek word minister there is diakonos. Amen. It's saying, if anyone wants to be great among you in the kingdom of God, you want to be great amongst the church, you're going to have to be a servant is what he's saying. You're going to have to be a diakonos. You're going to be a servant under the church. You're going to be a servant under the people. And anyone wants to be chief among you? If you want to be chief, you want to be the leader? You have that call to be a leader. You have that call to be, to be uh, the apostle or the prophet or the evangelist, the pastor, the teacher. You have a call to be an elder. You have a call to, 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 to lead small groups. You have a call to be on the worship. You, you have a call to lead anything. I'm telling you, you're going to have to be, it says, a minister. That Greek word is doulos. It says, you're going to have to be a slave under the church. You're going to be a slave under the kingdom. You're going to be a slave under the people that sit in this congregation. Why? Because we don't lead like dictators in the kingdom of God. We lead by what? We lead by serving. We're servant leaders, just like our king, just like Jesus. Jesus, I didn't come here. I didn't come down here for you to serve me. I came here to serve you. And everything Jesus did, he served humanity. Every step he took, he was always serving humanity. That's, that's how we ought to look like as a church. 
That's how we ought to look like. I don't care if you just got saved two minutes ago or you've been saved for 50 years. I'm telling you, we got a 70-something-year-old man here that when this church is open, he hoovers this church every week. Every week. Why? Because he's serving. Because he's serving. He's serving in the kingdom of God. I'm telling you, God loves the servant heart. Why? Because it's God's heart. He said, if you hadn't denied my name. He goes, behold, behold, I will make them. Oops, where am I at here? He goes, you have kept my word and you have not denied my name. He goes, he goes behold, I will make them of the synagogue of Satan, which say that they are Jews and they're not. But do lie. He goes, behold, I will make them to come and worship before your feet and know that I have loved them. Know that I have loved you. And this is, I'm telling you, I think this is powerful. This is powerful. Now, just because, just because Jesus opens up the door as the great key holder does of the people that are obedient unto the word of God, that are obedient unto the kingdom, that are faithful unto the call in their life, he'll open up the door for them. And just because he opens a door, church, doesn't mean adversaries aren't going to come at you. Amen? See, I think, I think a lot of us have been, have been told this lie that, that you know, if, you're, if you're in the will of God, man, everything's just going to be smooth sailing. You know, everything's just going to be perfect. You know, there ain't going to be anything coming against you. I'm telling you, that's, that is not entirely accurate. Amen? Because when, when we get pressed into the things of God, Satan's going to do everything he can to stop you, to stop you, to push you back, to get your, get your eyes off a of course, to manipulate you, to, to, to bring people against you, to try to slow you down or stop you. Amen? Now, now with that being said, we can walk, and it, and it seemed like we're walking in absolute peace as we trust in the Word, trust in the Spirit of God. Why, why hell's breaking loose over here? People are trying to attack you here. You know, he's trying to attack over here. He's trying to hurt your kids over here. Different things are happening happening all around you and you're walking in peace. Why? Because you trust the spirit of God. You trust the word of God and things just seem to stay away from you. Amen. But it doesn't mean things aren't going to happen. Amen. It's just, we can walk with peace. We can walk in peace while each of these things are coming against us. You know, Paul said in, in first Corinthians 16, nine, he said, you know, there's a, there's a great effectual door that's been opened unto me. He goes, but there's been many adversaries. You know, he's talking, he's talking to the church at Corinth while he was in Ephesus at this time. And, and Ephesus was in a great revival. He was there for about three years and there was amazing things happening there. I mean, even to where, you know, claws were being, you know, dabbed on his sweat. They were praying over him. They were going, and those claws were healing people. I mean, amazing miracles were taking place because they were in revival. He said, man, there is a great door that God, Jesus opened an amazing door for me over here. Yeah, man, there's a lot of adversaries. There's a lot of people trying to shut it down. There's a lot of people trying to stop me, but it doesn't matter. Revival's here, and I'm going to play this thing out until the Lord tells me to leave. I want to come see you. I want to come visit you because you're an amazing church, and I love you. He goes, but I'm going to play this out until this door shuts and Jesus tells me to move on. Amen. It is a great effectual door opened unto me, but there are many adversaries. But there are many adversaries. You know, sometimes we have to overcome these obstacles Difficult obstacles, but they may, they may, yeah, they may, they may look difficult. They may seem difficult at the time, I'm telling you, but we can't walk through them effortlessly and easily if we trust the leading of the Spirit of God and we trust His Word. You know, we can, we can rest assured, you know, trials and tribulations, these, these things are coming. You know, Jesus promised us. You know, these things are coming, you know. In John 16, He said, These things I've spoken to you that you might, uh, that you might have peace, right? In the world, you're going to have tribulations. And he goes, but I'm speaking these things to you so you can have a peace, right? Because in the world, you're going to have, that you guarantee you will have tribulations. You follow me. They hated me. They're going to hate you. So I'm going to tell you these things. You can have peace because the world, you're going to have tribulations. But, but don't have any fear. Don't fret. Don't, don't mind these things. Why? Because I've overcome it. I've overcome it. I've overcome it. And then we know that he has given us the, the authority to walk in that, in, that, uh, in that power of the overcoming of, of putting Satan underneath his feet. Amen. Now listen, this church here in, in Philadelphia, this church had a great door open to it, but it had a mass of Jews that were coming up against it. Amen. The Jews were irritated. They were, they were, they were, 
They were not happy that this church got planted here. That was changing their schedule, changing the way they were doing things. They were affecting both sides, the Gentiles and the Jews. And they came and they began to stir up both the Jews and the Gentiles against him. You know, Jesus said, Jesus said here, he goes, I, he goes I, I, uh, I will make them of the synagogue of Satan, which say they're Jews. He didn't say they are Jews. He goes, I'll, I'll make them of the synagogue of saints, which, which say that, which act like, which say they're Jews, which, which call themselves Jews, but they're phony, they're fakes, they're not genuine, amen. They're, they're, they, they, may, they may have, they may have the, the Jewish blood running on the inside of them, but they're, but they're not Jews. You know, you may, you may have the church that you grew up in a, in a, in a Christian house, you grew up in a Christian nation, but, but that doesn't make you a Christian. Just because you, you know, as, as the old preacher says, just because you, you put your bed in the, in the garage doesn't make you a car. Right? Just because we grow up in a Christian nation doesn't make us a Christian. Just because your parents are Christian doesn't make you a Christian. Amen. It's the things that we believe. Amen. He said, he's saying there's a lot of that say they're Jews, that say they're the church, that say they're Christians. Amen. But they're, but they're coming against you. Have you ever wondered why people, you ever wonder why people lose a hunger? You know, people have been in, you know, you, they've been in church, they got saved, they were in church for three, four, five years, maybe 10 years, and then all of a sudden they just disappear. You, you bump into them in the street and they have, they have no desire, no care, don't want to do nothing with God. I'm telling you, many times it's because they say they're Jews. They say they're part of the church. Amen, but it was just, it was just a poor participation in some religion that they, that they were doing. Amen, it never, they never had that rebirth, that, that, that realness come on the inside of them. I'm telling you, this, this is our call to not, listen, church, I'm telling you, the, 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 this island that we live in, it's full of religion. How many of y'all know that? It's full of religion. It's full of people that say they're Jews. It's full of religion that says they're the church. It's full of people that, that say they're of a denomination. It's full of people that say they're this or that, but they don't have that relationship. They've never, they've never come into that encounter where they've met Jesus face to face in the spirit. They've never become cross with him where they've, they've felt his breath breathing on, on, on their face. Amen. As they, as they've come into that place, as they've received and as they've become and been made, have come into union, they've been made righteous, that a righteousness that has been imparted upon them that brought them into a right relationship. Church, I'm telling you, this is the call. This is the call for each and every one of us to, to wake them up. And, and I mean, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm one of those, I can't stand religion. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm hard on religion. I'm hard on, on, on the things that it does to people. But I'm telling you, this is where God has planted each and every one of us. We don't hate those people. We hate what religion's done to them. Amen. It's a hard job to, to wake them up, just like this church in Philadelphia was doing. It was waking up. It was waking up people that, that thought they were something, but they weren't. They were thinking they were something. They thought they were following the living God, but they weren't. They were just following a bloodline. Amen. They're just following the bloodline. You know, these Jews, these Jews in Philadelphia, I mean, I can hear it. You know, if you put it in today's vernacular, you know, they would have they said, oh man, you're not going to believe that cult that just got planted over here right down the street. You're not going to believe that cult. You know, you're not going to believe the things that they're doing. You know, you're, you're not going to believe the things that they believe, man. It's an absolute cult. We need to, we need to get enraged. We need to come against those people. And so they didn't think it was just, you know, sufficient enough to get the Jews mad. They started getting the, the pagans. They started getting the Gentiles irritated too. You know, I'll tell you what, when we moved into to, to Dundalk, I think it was a matter of maybe six months before that guy, that started being said about this church. Oh, that cult over there, about six months I mean, it's unbelievable. That's well, not unbelievable because that kind of follows, you know, the things that we believe. Amen. You know, people that are pressed into the things of God. But it's about six months. People are like, oh, oh, that cult over there, that cult. You know, why, why, do, they, why do people call us things like that? Why, why do they do that? I'm tell, I'll tell you why, because we actually believe the fullness of this word right here. You know, we see we don't, we don't allow people to take little bits and pieces out and tell us that this is right, this is wrong. You know, Jesus didn't really mean that when he said that. You know, you, you, know, you got you to listen and come from this. He doesn't do those things anymore. He stopped doing it. No, we believe everything that this word of God has to say. Amen. And we preach everything that this word of God has to say. And we allow the pro, not only the proclamation, but we allow the demonstration of his power to be released through us. And I'm telling you, that makes people a little bit irritated. Why? Because they think we're fanatical. 
I mean, I tell you, I wear fanatical. I've been called fanatical all the time. I wear it like a badge. Fanatical's good. I mean, you know what fanatical is? It's someone that believes someone, something more than you do. Amen. So I tell you what, I am fanatical when it comes to the word. I am fanatical when it comes to the spirit of God. I am fanatical when it comes into a relationship with the living God. I'm telling you, I just believe this sometimes more than other people do. I believe this more than, than some people in this church. And I'm telling you, we can get a reputation of that. But I'm telling you, I'm telling you, the word says that these people will be able to come and they will bow down and worship at your feet. At your feet. You know, these Jews, they couldn't stop. Let me give you a few examples of this and I'll move on. I'm going to try to get myself back on track here. These Jews, they couldn't stop. They couldn't stop the move of God here. So they, so they, so they went to the, they started going to the pagans and trying to stir them up. You know, they, you know, y'all remember this church or this city of Philadelphia, they had loads of earthquakes there, right? And these earthquakes, it got to the point where most of the people were moving out to the, to around the city limits or the suburbs or whatever you want to call it. Why? Because they didn't want, they didn't want rocks or, or parts of these buildings to begin to fall and harm them or their children or anything else. So they started moving outside the outskirts and they come in to do their shopping and do, and do things of that nature. Well, these Jews, they, they start walking around, they say, you know what, man. Man, you know why all these earthquakes are happening? It's because of that cult over there. That's why it's happening. Y'all want to know why? Y'all want to know why things are happening like it said? Y'all want to know why y'all are getting sick? You want to know why diseases are coming around? That's because of that cult over there. You want to know why you lost your job? It's because of that cult over there. It's because of that cult over there. They did everything thing they could try to do to shut down, to, to discriminate, to, to harm them. But I'm telling you, church, I'm telling you, Jesus opened up a door that could not be shut. Jesus opened a door that could not be shut. I mean, they went, they went around to destroy their reputation. But I'm telling you, it couldn't work. He says, Jesus himself calls them. He says this. He says, behold, I will make them of the synagogue of Satan, which says they're Jews. Check that out. He says, of the synagogue of Satan. This is Jesus speaking here. He says, those people, they're of the synagogue of Satan. They're not part of my church. They're not part of my fellowship. You know, they're not following me. You know, they are of the synagogue of Satan. Now listen, <laughs> listen don't, don't, let, me, let me correct something here. So don't be going around saying, oh, you know, just, just, because someone doesn't, just because someone doesn't believe our doctrine or believe everything we do does not make them part of the synagogue of Satan. Amen. There's many, there's many churches that don't have the same revelation we have on some things. Amen. That doesn't make them of the synagogue of Satan. Amen. These people were literally going out trying to destroy these people and destroy their church. Jesus then called them. They are of the synagogue of Satan. He said, I will make them. I will make them. Hallelujah. He goes, I, oh man. He goes, I will make them come down. I will make them. Where am I at here? And I will also, I will make them come down and worship before your feet and to know that I have loved thee, that I have loved thee. He goes, I will make them. How powerful is that? See, church, you don't have to make people do these things. Jesus himself says, I will make them. As long as you keep following me, as long as you keep obedient to the things of God, he goes, I will make these people come down and worship me, not me, but Jesus, right? Now, they're not going to come and sit at our feet and worship us for what we know. They're going to come and they're going to worship Jesus at your feet. Why? Because they're going to find out the truth of the things that you have been speaking. Somewhere through this open door that God has opened up for you, all the naysayers, all the people that have become down trying to shut you down, shut you up, discredit you, try to hinder you, harm you, steal from you, get you fired, maybe even tried to kill you in certain nations around the world. I'm telling you, Jesus says, the door that's been open for you, I'm going to put you in such a position that they can't deny it, they can't stop it, that I'm going to come, they will come and they will sit down at your feet and they'll begin to worship me. And they will begin to worship me. Amen. They'll see your lives that you've preached. They'll see the way you've lived your lives. And they will come and worship me at your feet. Isn't this what, isn't this what it's about, church? Hmm? This, that's, that's what it's about. In this religious town, and this religious nation that we live in, this is what it's about. 
Amen. Proving the naysayers wrong, that there is a living God, that he does care for you, that he does love you, that he did give himself up for you. Amen. That he does have a power that he's placed on the inside of you, that he will heal you, that he will prosper you, that he will do everything in his word that he said he'll do. This is, this is the call. This is something we shouldn't be pushing back. This is, this is, this is what we've got to be hunting after. You know, has, has this ever happened to you? Have you ever had... Have you ever believed something to the point that someone else has come and they've apologized for it? For all the things that they've done to try to destroy you. I mean, I've had it, I've had it in ministry, obviously, for the things we preach, you know. It's hard for people after they've gotten healed to come sit there and tell me that it really doesn't work anymore, that I'm of the devil. You know what I mean? I've had people come and apologize and, and worship God through that. But I'll tell you what, I've also happened in the business. And I'll, I'll end with this because I know I've been going a little rather long here, but, but I've, had, I've had it happen in business. I've had people come down and apologize for things that, that they've done. I mean, right when, I guess I was probably about 24, maybe 24-ish years old, Kimberly and I moved from the north, north side of Houston. We moved out 60 miles west out in a little town called Brenham, which, we, which, which is where we were starting my business out there. That's where we were launching forth out there. And, and, uh, and when I came in, I came into a bunch of older, more established companies that, that had been there for decades and they had all the business in that area. It was down to two different companies. One was fixing to go out of business and the other one had about 95% of everything else. And I walked in there. As soon as I walked in there, the other one went out of business and the other one, we went head to head for years, about five or six, seven years. We we're going head to head, toe to toe. And I ended up with about 75% of the business. And as I was going through taking business, taking clients, just doing, just doing our thing, you know, just, just working. You know, I, they had their, their personnel, their general manager went around and I'm telling you, he talked about us nonstop. Oh, that man's a crook. Oh, he's just a young man. Why, why can you trust him with this? How can you do that? You know, he calls himself a Christian, but you know, you know they're, he, they're, they're part of a cult, uh, you know, and, and all this stuff. He's, you know, bad mouthing, bad mouthing, bad mouthing. I'm telling you, the more he bad mouthed, I'm telling you, because there was a door that was open for us, the more business just kept on coming our way, coming our way, coming our way, coming our way until about 2010, you know, they, they ended up having to file for bankruptcy. And as they're filing for bankruptcy, you know, they had all their, their big wigs. They come in because they're trying to keep everything in position to where they could sell it to someone else. And, and their general manager, who just left the company because he was, he was going to retire, he, he gave me a phone call. First time I've ever talked to him on the phone. He said, hey, hey, Brian, can I, come, can I come talk to you for a minute? <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah, come, come on over, you know. And so he came, I thought I was going to get a mouthful for putting him out of business, you know. But he came and sat down. And he goes, you know, I just, I just want to apologize to you. And I was like, well, for what? And he goes, well, for all the things that have been said over the years. You know, he goes, we're, we're done. I'm out. He goes, but, you know, I... I called every one of our clients, you know, and I, I told him I was going to come have a meeting with you and, we're, and I was going to get things straight and that I wanted you to take care of them. He goes, because in all reality, he goes, over everything I've ever said, he goes, you're a great Christian man. He goes, and it reflects in everything you do in your business. He goes, I, I've seen these things. And I go, he goes, and here is my price list. Here, here, here is what I've been paying these people that I've had for today. He goes, they're like my family, the ones that I have left. And he goes, all I want you to do is just take care of them. He goes, will you take care of them like, like they're your own? Will you give me your word that, the, that, you'll, that you'll honor the agreements that I already had? And they already said they'll move their contracts over to you. I said, Absolutely. You know, absolutely, you know, and then shake my hand, you know, whatever, went on about his business. But, but I'm telling you, church, as, as we act, as we believe, as we trust in the things of God, God will open up doors. I'm telling you that people that you never thought, the people that would beat you up in the parking lot if they could, if they could see you, you know, if they could just get you in that one place. There will be a point in time if we don't, if we don't get evil towards them, if we don't get, uh, get in anger, if we don't get in dissension, if we just keep on doing what God's asked us to do, they will get to that place where they come back and circle around and say, you know what, you know what, John? You're right. You're right. You know, you're right. You know, everything you talked about faith, everything you've talked about healing, everything that you've been saying, you're right. I, I, you know, I apologize for the things that I've been saying. I apologize for the things I'm saying. I just want to pray with you. I just want to do this. I just want to do that. I'm telling you, we have the opportunities if we will keep our eyes on him 
amen, and not get in the middle, not get into the minefield, amen, and ruin our witness to the people that are around us, amen. So I'm going I'm to end with that, amen. So, Father, we thank you. Well, before I pray, let me, let me, I just want to mention this. Thank you, Lord. You know, sometimes, sometimes these trials, sometimes these situations that we're in right now is not necessarily just to test your faith. Amen. It's for these people that are looking on, on the outside of us. I'm telling you, this, 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 is, this is reason for reason for reason for us not to get irritated and angry at the people that are trying to shut us down, that are trying to hinder us, that are trying to ruin your reputation, that, that may even be trying to kill you if they can just find you. I'm telling you, if we, can, if we can walk as Jesus, that's what we are as Christians. We are his image bearers here on earth. Amen. If we, can, if we will keep that posture in everything we do, I'm telling you, church, I'm telling you, you know, the, the, the life revealed of God, the life of God will be revealed through you and it will, it will change their hearts. I'm telling you, you know, sometimes these circumstances, it's, it's, it's a blessing that they get to be put upon us. Why? Because see, we can walk through peace in it. Amen. But we got people watching. We got people watching and it's not that we want them to eat their words. No, we, we want them right with the things of God. Amen. So, but, but, it, but we got to have the correct posture in what we're doing to get them into that position. Amen. So, Father, we thank you. We thank you for your word, Lord. We thank you for the opportunity to, to, to preach, to speak, to, to love your word, Lord, to, to minister your word, Lord. We thank you for the opportunity to live your word. Just as we've been speaking here, Lord, help us to be the proper image bearers of Jesus. Lord, when people look at us, when they look at your church, they don't look at people that are mad. They don't look at people that have hang-ups. They don't look at us about people that, that, we're, that we're the ones trying to go out and to destroy things. They, they see Jesus walking in everything they do. Someone that is strong in the word. Someone that guards, that protects the word. Someone that, doesn't let, that, does, that guards and protects your reputation, Lord. That we don't, we don't even mind our own reputation. We don't mind the things that, that, that we thought we may be. But, but everything we do is focused on you, focused on, on your desires, focused on your kingdom. Father, give us eyes, give us, give us eyes, give us eyes to see things as you see it and not seeing it through our own carnal flesh driven eyes. Lord, give us eyes to see things as you see them. Lord, give us ears to hear so we can move and be directed in how, and how you want us to do things or give us a heart for people. Give us a compassion for the people around us. Lord, help us to love as you love. Father, we thank you for the opportunity. We thank you for choosing us. Lord, we thank you for opportunities. Lord, we thank you for open doors. Lord, we thank you for the, the boldness to walk through the door and walk in absolute peace despite whatever takes goes on around us. Lord, we'll walk in absolute peace as we trust in your word and trust in your spirit. So we thank you for it, Lord. We glorify you for it. We praise you for it. And it's in Jesus' name, amen.